Hello and welcome to another episode in our APW podcast series, which looks at UK residential property from an investor's perspective. With me today are the APW property experts, Stuart and Callum Williamson. APW advises UK expats from all over the world on UK property purchases helping over 2,000 clients secure over £186 million worth of property. So, hello, Stuart. Hello, Paul. Uh, Hi, Callum. Hi, Paul. Uh, My name's Paul Shearer, and I've been working professionally as a writer and journalist, and personally as an owner and restorer of several properties, both in the UK and France. I'm going to be firing the questions at the dynamic duo here, and today's topic is Nottingham. So, Callum, um, perhaps you could start by telling us where Nottingham is. Hey, good question. It's in the UK, in the middle of the UK, hence it being in the Midlands. It's 120 miles from London as the crow flies, which uh, is 193 kilometres. And for those uh, football fans, uh, it has two top tier football teams. Which are? Nottingham Forest and Notts County. Don't ever get the two mixed up. Isn't it Nottingham City? Is there a Nottingham City football team? No, (laughs) Notts County. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Stuart, uh, the next question for you: Why has Nottingham piqued your professional interest? Because it's a it's a great location from a an investment perspective. Because if you would imagine that the growth of property prices in the UK, you probably have you know London at the front with Cambridge, Oxford, Bristol, and then behind that there was always Manchester and perhaps Birmingham a bit further back. Then what you have after that are places like Nottingham. So Nottingham is still fairly cheap compared to other locations and has a great upside. It's got a fantastic engine for industry. There's a lot going on there. It's booming from an e-commerce perspective and the life sciences perspective. So it's still very affordable. You can still get a bargain, um, but it's still a nice place. And I, I don't know about the actual people, although I do remember once knowing someone from Nottingham who always said, you're right, Duck. So that was always a bit strange, being called a duck as a child. But it's a very nice place with some good investment opportunities from buy to let, HMO, the whole shooting match. Okay, well, I'll begin with a quick bit of history. Uh, Nottingham, or as it was originally called Snottingham, is the ham or home of snotters people, ideally located in the first fordable bit of the River Trent, where you could still get ships. It grew from a small village. William the Conqueror put it on the map where he allowed a castle to be built there, first a wooden one, then a stone fortress. The Normans moved into the new part of town near the castle, uh, leaving the English in the Saxon part of town near the lace market. They actually had a dividing wall between them in the marketplace, plus sachons and all that, uh, where they would trade. Uh, It ran through what is today's old market square, and there's a line of grates showing where it was. Uh, Anyway, the castle became a royal palace, where supporters of Edward III snuck in through the network of caves underneath the castle. They captured Queen Isabella and her lover, Roger Mortimer, who was later executed as a traitor. And it's said that Queen Isabella's ghost haunts Mortimer's Hole, which is not what you think, but is the secret cave route into the castle. King Richard left for the Battle of Bosworth here from the castle, and uh, obviously only made it as far as the car park in the centre of Leicester, where his body was found. Wool and leather were important to the city, and then as those declined, Nottingham branched into textiles, silk and wool hosiery, glass and stoneware. They produced a reputed salt-glazed pottery, and there was a highly prized alabaster, which was sculpted by artisans and sold all over Europe, still told today as gypsum. 
King Charles I raised his flag at Nottingham Castle at the start of the English Civil War, but support for him didn't last and Nottingham became a parliamentary stronghold. And then there was a particularly vivid description which I got from the Nottingham Castle website. Rebellion and resistance against injustice have never been far away, and as the Industrial Revolution took hold, Nottingham was transformed into a darkening dystopia of poverty-ridden slums and brutal factories. The Luddites fought back, selectively smashing industrial machinery to defend their livelihoods. The Luddites fought back, selectively smashing industrial machinery to defend their livelihoods. In 1831, rioters torched the castle. But it's Nottingham Castle that's a good springboard to leap from the history books to the present day, because in June of last year, it reopened as an art gallery following a £30 million makeover. Uh, Was that another reason why you chose Nottingham, Stuart? Originally, I chose Nottingham because... It had a great university. It was before Nottingham Trent. And when I was 18, I went there for an interview because purportedly it had more women more women attending the university than any other city in the UK. But apparently every other red-blooded male in the north knew that as well. So it cancelled itself out. But that's not why it's a good, time to, a good reason to buy. It's because it is a very cost-effective and growing location where there is still good value to be had. But um, I digress. Anyway, on to you, Callum. Uh, yeah, thank you. I think I, I guess your um, your example there could form part of our pie formula or pie framework, which is you know the criteria we use when it comes to assessing a location for investment. P I E being population, infrastructure, and employment. So, is the population there that you know population that's going to want to live in rented homes? Is the infrastructure there to get them to and from work, from their home to these places of work? And is the employment there for them to actually be there in the first place? And if you've got all of these things, a big population, great infrastructure or improving infrastructure and employment, then the chances are, you, you know, you're going to have a good rental market or it's going to be a good place to buy property. So, so yeah, the pie is another reason why we looked at Nottingham. If you look at the, the amount of government-sponsored employers in Nottingham, it's higher than virtually any other city. You have the two huge universities. You've got the health trusts on the back of those. You've got a large police force. It's a centre for the police in the Midlands. You have the, the old British Rail, which is huge. And so eight out of 12 people working there are actually backed by the state in core employment, which means post-COVID, they haven't had the drain on jobs that a lot of other places have had, like take Leicester, for example, it's had a terrible experience. But this hasn't happened to Nottingham. So it is still growing and it hasn't been really affected that much by COVID. Before we look at some of those uh, those employment, population and infrastructure questions, let's throw in some fun facts. Uh, HP Source was invented in Nottingham. Well, maybe it's a bit naive of me, but I thought that was invented in the Houses of Parliament, or in London at least. The HP stands okay. for Houses of Parliament source. HP is Houses of Parliament. Yeah, that's what it stands for. Good. I didn't know that. That's why it's got Big Ben on the front. Uh, famous fashion designer Sir Paul Smith uh, was born in Nottingham, and uh, he's based there as well. Or he, his um, company is based there. Woolerton Hall, which is in Nottingham, is used as Wayne Manor in the Batman film The Dark Knight Rises. That's, a, that's an interesting fact, one of my favourite films. Uh, in 1284, the first Nottingham Goose Fair was held. There's a fun fact. And the machine to make lace was invented in Nottingham. 
Over a thousand people were killed on the roads in London in 1866, and Nottingham's John Peake Knight, a railway manager, decided to do something about it, so he created the world's first traffic light, which was then installed in Westminster in 1868. So our own podcast traffic light has just gone red, so we're going to stop that there. And we'll go back to the main theme. Why invest in Nottingham? Population, infrastructure, employment. Callum, um, tell us about the population. Sure thing. Okay, population, the first part of the pie formula. In 2020, the ONS, Office for National Statistics, data estimates that the population of Nottingham was 337,000 people, uh, or just over a third of a million But if you throw in the wider metro area of Nottingham, places like Carlton, Mansfield, Beeston, these sorts of places, the figure rises to closer to 800,000 people. That's 145,000 households. 50% of the population is under 30. So much like Birmingham, we have a young a young population who are generally going to be renters, which makes it another you know another a reason that makes it a good buying location for investors. 30% 30% are between 18 and 29 years old, uh, and one in eight are students, 60,000 students a year going to the uh, the two universities there. Um, and and yeah, w- one in every 14 houses in Nottingham is actually a student house to accommodate these, these students. Yeah, I think it's actually 60,000 students in total rather than 60,000 students a year. So if you just wanted to redo that, one in eight students. Sure. And one in eight of them are students, 60,000 students in total. So a student population of 60,000 with one in every 14 houses in Nottingham being used as a student home. Okay, and there's two universities, as Stuart said, there's the University of Nottingham and Nottingham Trent University. What about infrastructure, Stuart? So Invest in Nottingham claims it is the top city for small business growth. There's £2 billion of regeneration underway at Nottingham Southside. The Broad Marsh area transformation, including a remodel of shopping centre complex, is underway. This only adds one billion, which has been already invested in Nottingham infrastructure, with a growing network of light rail trams, which enable rapid access for commuters and congestion-free movement, and an award-winning bus network, which is one of the greenest in the UK. Southern Gateway improves area between the shopping centre and the station, with a new bus station, library and car park. There's a new grade A office space coming on screen. HMRC have begun to move into a new building in Unity Square, Nottingham, and there'll be around 5,000 HMRC staff and civil servants working in a brand new building. Obviously not a place to uh, not be on time with your tax. City Hub campus is to be built on a derelict site beside the canal. Carrington Street has plans for a gym, offices and shops. I mean, it just goes on and on. It's just an exciting place. It just... I don't want to finish the podcast. I just want to move there directly now, not part and go, and um, and set up. We've also got Conagar developing the island quarter, formerly known as Boots Island. It's undergoing a major regeneration with Canal Turn, an all-day three-story canal-side destination building opening this year ahead of other developments on a 36-acre site. As the HS2 network is constructed, HS2 will benefit from Totten, the East Midland hub, located just outside the city on the outskirts. I mean, Totten, if you've ever been there, is a one-horse town and certainly needs a regeneration by HS2. So, as you say, plenty happening in Nottingham. They did have one or two problems last year with the collapse of Into, who were heavily involved in the Broadmarsh Shopping Centre regeneration. 
Uh, and uh, there was a review into the council's finances and a large debt pile that they've accrued. But what about employment? Employment. Uh, the last part of our framework, population infrastructure employment. So we have 235,000 people of working age there, uh, 50 headquarter buildings there in back office business businesses, um, such as Boots, Vodafone, Experian. I think Stuart mentioned earlier as well, there's a lot of uh, government employed people there. And I, and I was reading some of the stats, actually. We've got the actual figures, Boots, not government, but 6,000 people. The council employs 15,000 people. The university is 5,000. Nottingham University hospitals, 13,600 people. You have E.ON, not government, but 5,000 people. Experian, HMRC, as we mentioned, will have 5,000 people there. So lots and lots of people in the right sort of sectors. What else have we got? We've got a growing fintech sector, creative sector in life sciences. Ibuprofen and the MRI scanner were invented in Nottingham. 91,000 people employed in, in this med tech sector. A booming creative quarter uh, servicing the graduate pool, and it's a hotspot for tech growth. I don't know if it's got a name yet, such as Silicon Fen or Silicon Roundabout or Silicon Terrace, but I'm sure it will get a name. Uh, logistics, advanced manufacturing, Rolls-Royce uh, there, Bombardier and Midlands Aerospace uh, were a few mentioned by Invest in Nottingham. Queen's Medical Centre is, is a super hospital in the region and one of the largest teaching hospitals in the country, uh, over 6,000 medical staff there, making up about half of that 13,000 figure we mentioned. So lots going on, uh, diversification of employment and lots of employment. So it's a lot of the, the similar pattern to a lot of these towns in the north as well. They realised that the stations that were built weren't built in the historic centres. They were built in the outer regions in the suburbs. So when you arrived in these towns now, you arrive in the middle of nowhere. So what are, some of them are doing is connecting up the station to the city centre with massive regeneration projects. Sheffield's done it very successfully. And Nottingham's obviously doing the same, which then creates these regeneration projects. And at the same time, because it becomes this regeneration idea, you've got a lot of mixed-use places being built and you've got new employers moving into new offices. So that's partly what creates an excitement and a buzz around a town. What about the areas to investigate? Where would you look at? Where you obviously know something about the city yourself, both of you. Take us through some of the areas. You've got the city centre. You know, as, as with all good investment locations, you've got the centre and then you've got sort of the areas just outside of that, commuter areas or the satellite towns and cities. So uh, NG1 postcode was reported last year to have the highest rental yield in the country. This is partly due to the lower priced properties there. You can pick up a terraced house for 140 to £150,000. Plenty of shops, bars and restaurants. Uh, Hockley, the area is steeped in history, as is the lace market. That's in NG1. Uh, Lenton is prime student stomping ground, 20-minute walk from the city centre. And then you've got Beeston, which is a bit more family-orientated, um, but also increasingly popular with young professionals with good connections to the city centre. It's only seven minutes on the train. If you're looking at inner city areas, places like Snainton, which I think is NG6 or NG7, prices there at 130 to 140,000, so you can get a good yield of 6 to 7%. Um, and we actually, we did a, a short video series on Snainton as a buying location last year. It's on our YouTube channel where we went through the process of buying a um, a terraced house there. 
and setting up the management agent and all that sort of stuff. So if people would like a bit more info on specific areas within Nottingham, they can go and watch those videos on our YouTube. There's a lot of sport in Nottingham, isn't there, as well? We mentioned Nottingham Forest and Notts County, uh, but it's the National Water Sports Centre, I think, and uh, there's Trent Bridge as well. Yeah, we've just done a development at Trent Bridge and um, talk about value for money. I mean, some of the apartments, the penthouses overlooking the river on one side and the cricket ground on the other are selling for a million pounds. So there is a, a quite an expensive top end of the market but the bottom end is down near 100, 150,000 pounds. Other locations is we did a development in Mansfield town and Mansfield has got quite a famous football club. Some quite famous players went there. I think Chris, Chris Beardsley, he started off there and that one of them was a converted old people's home that was converted into uh, apartments and the other was a new build. And of both of those, we're getting Nottingham health trust, to take over quite a number of the apartments as a corporate let for their managers and, and doctors. So you can see that it's a direct link in between the big public service employers being good tenants, which is what you need, those good, honest tenant who's quite intelligent, who will look after your property. So there's heaps of sport, but you know, even though Mansfield, I think, is 13 kilometres out of the centre of town, it's still commutable for the people who are working in Nottingham. So it is altogether a very well-infrastructure-connected location that is still cost-effective for HMOs, houses of multiple occupancy. The Lace Quarter is great for, for that. There's a lot of good houses there at sub-200,000 that you can buy and do up for student accommodation. And then in, out of the Lace Quarter into the city, you can do stuff for, for professionals at a similar sort of price. So it is a super place to invest. It's certainly one I would recommend to anyone to have a good strong look at okay well hmos is houses in multiple occupation we're going to be taking a look at that uh next week in our frequently asked questions as we have a rummage through the apw post bag but callum final thoughts from you about nottingham nottingham i think we mentioned in the podcast a few weeks ago you know you've got these sort of secondary locations now outside outside of places like Manchester and Birmingham, where you are getting lower value properties, which means you get a higher yield and you also have a bit more room for growth in, in those sorts of markets. So Nottingham, I'd say, is a great place, whether it's entry level or someone that's looking at a, a slightly higher priced HMO, but you can still get great yields there because of the price points and you've still got good growth potential. So I think anyone that's looking to get started or diversify or whatever it may be, you know, Nottingham should be an area you consider for that. And, um, just before we wrap up, we've managed to get through an entire episode talking about Nottingham without mentioning uh, Robin Hood. <laughs> well, so there you I, go. Well, okay, yeah, I won't mention it. Uh, I just spoiled it by I mentioned <laughs> I mentioned him. Well, Robin Hood apparently is um, buried in Robin, Robin Hood's Bay, which is where I went to school. That's my um, connection to it. Um, but I think you haven't mentioned Rally Bicycles, and Rally Bicycles came from Nottingham. And I wonder where the name Rally comes from. Was Walter Rally from Nottingham as well? Okay, so there's a question for you. Um, was Rally, as in Rally Bicycles, named after Sir Walter Rally? Uh, that's it from us today. Thank you to Stuart and Callum for our stroll around Nottingham. Uh, next week, we're going to be rummaging through the APW post bag and finding out about HMOs. But uh, until then, it's goodbye from Stuart. Cheerio. Goodbye from Callum. 
Goodbye, Paul. And goodbye from me. My name's Paul Shearer. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at The Art of Podcast. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.